Welcome to another edition of the Back Straight Podcast. Uh, I'm Daniel Squires, and tonight my co-host Michael McKnight and myself are being joined by Connor Curran from North Belfast Harriers. Connor is a well-known runner on the local circuit and was a frequent guest on the now defunct running podcast that we heard about, but uh, you know, never really listened to. So, look, thanks for joining us, Connor. How are you? How's your weekend been? Good. It's been good. Thanks, Danny. Thanks for the invite. Um, and I've enjoyed listening to the last few shows, especially last week's one with our with Kirky. Um, yeah. So, very uh, very happy to be invited on tonight to talk nonsense about running. If that's what the if that's what the deal is. Nothing but nonsense here. Uh, how's training going? You've been getting a bit of running done as well. Yes, uh, had a bit of a long year. Um, kind of ran out of steam a couple of weeks ago. Um, I finished off my year with the Griffith Avenue Mile in Dublin, and uh, I thought my calf was going to explode at every uh, four hundred meter interval in that race, and it pretty much did. Sort of give up on me on the lagging toolpath one day doing a tempo and uh had to listen to the the old man's body and take <laughs> a few weeks off miss the road relays and i've been doing um stretching and physio and snc all that stuff that i've never done before over the last three weeks just to get the legs back and able to move so thankfully danny i'm able to train again because um i was i was a real grumpy fecker for a few weeks there <laughs> yeah Happy days. All of that stuff that maybe should be done whilst we're all running, but uh, we only pick it up when uh, we're injured. So, oh well, glad you're getting back to it now. Danny, I'm hearing rumors that uh, you were, um, when you should have been training really seriously for Dublin, you have been um, letting the training slip uh, in the company of another <laughs> Australian bad guy. Yeah, that's right. I've got a friend who's just moved to Galway, so he uh, visited this weekend. So I've actually spent this weekend doing a lot of walking and touristing around Belfast. We did Titanic Museum. We had wings at Wing It. We went to General Merchants. We did a black taxi tour, did all of that, all of this stuff. So, uh, yeah, we watched Ireland beat Scotland as well. So, yeah, no, it's been a busy weekend, and I had to um, delay the Sunday long run until about quarter past four this afternoon. Well, and it's never it felt... It's never good putting off a Sunday long run, especially no. if like me had about seven pints of Guinness last night watching the the Ireland match. Yeah, it was about <laughs> yeah, seven pints of Guinness, uh, a couple of gin and tonics, uh yeah, just whatever was coming up. So yeah, look, I was happy to finish, but uh yeah, happy to finish that and close out the week, but it definitely wasn't an easy one. Uh Michael, what's coming up on the episode? You had a, a busy day down there in Armar, I heard. Yeah, well, I think as usual, we're going to start off with discussing some of the recent results and um, Bangor 10K, which was the national championship was last Saturday. And we've had some masters action, which Connor's going to fill us in on. And today, as you say, I was down at the Armagh 10 miles. Um, I think after that, um, we're going to look at some of the upcoming fixtures and deal with a couple of issues that our listener has raised. Or is it plural now? <laughs> yeah can, can confirm it's listeners okay <laughs> and uh danny i think you've got a very exciting interview that uh you shut me out of but you're going to tell everybody about i caught up with hannah Irwin, uh quite a well-known runner um based over in gb and uh she shared a lot of really good insights about her training and um a bit of 
injury chat and her experience at Commonwealth Games. So yeah, we'll play that um that interview at some point during this episode. But it was really nice to chat to her, and we're yeah really thankful to have her on. So, uh, should we talk some results, Michael? Do you want to kick us off? So we're going to kick off with the Bangor 10K. Um, you know, it's a tricky course. Uh, not really known for fast times. Um, this year, Andrew Milligan from North Belfast. Uh, I think he finished about maybe fourth, fifth last year. But really, over the last year, Andrew has improved beyond all recognition and is now, you know, a contender in any race that he, uh, you know, steps up to in Northern Ireland. Um, he beat Connor Bradley, another, you know, very high caliber athlete coming back from a bit of an injury with Connell McLean, who's having a fantastic uh, run of form in third. The Skander, Turkey, slightly just off on fourth. Um, you know, I'd say it's a typical kind of performance by Andrew because he's a four-minute uh, miler, 340-1500 runner, and has all the weapons just to sit in the pack and then at the end just kick. And the challenge for everybody else around him is that, you know, if you can't drop him, it's really difficult to beat him. Um, Connor, any thoughts? Are you talking about Andrew McGilligan? Yeah, Andrew <laughs> McGilligan. <laughs> Andrew McGilligan, McGilligan Reeks. I uh, well, Andrew's like I've known Andrew since he was a a gangly um a gangly BRA kid who uh, looked more like he belonged in a chess club than a running club um a couple of years ago. And um, it's funny, I kind of thought you might bring us up, Michael. So I had a wee snippet as part ten there tonight and. Like if anyone's interested in watching an athlete mature into a proper elite athlete through pure grit, hard work and determination, you could look no further than Andrew Milligan because, I mean, at 18 years old, looking at his power of 10, at 18, he was running 203.76, and 4.20 for 15, right? So how many 18-year-old guys are turning up at Fermanus running 4.20? You know, fast forward and, you know, how many years is that? And then seven years later, he's running 340, almost running 339, almost a three, almost a sub four minute miler. Um, you know, his his progression every year from an 18 year old to 25 or 26 is incredible to the point where he's now almost sub 14 on the track, almost sub four, almost sub 340. He ran 1350 in Armagh. And he won Leeds last year in 2019. And he's as you say, he's got he's got an arsenal of weapons, and the big one is his kick. But you know, he's added in the endurance now over the last Yeah, absolutely. Sort of and uh looking looking at Strava, I mean he's he's not a huge volume guy. I mean, he runs around you know 60s, but he runs fast. But whatever he's doing, it's really working for him. You know, and Connor, what you say there is an interesting thing. Danny and I have talked about future podcasts. And something we'd like to, you know, maybe look at in a bit more detail sometime is, you know, debate around talent only gets you so far. And, yeah. you know, we hear about lots of school kids and, oh, they're so talented, they're this, they're that. And, when, you know, you see the athletes who, you know, make that transition to senior. It's often the guys with that real grit, determination, resilience, and also the kids who are coachable. Yeah, yeah. And, no, uh, totally. And Andrew ticks all of those boxes. Yeah, no, he's, he's really easy to coach. You know, Jimmy tells him what to do and he does it. And he maybe does a bit more. I would I would say that he's definitely got a Strava 
training diary that no one should copy because it's very unconventional. It's there don't seem to be many easy days. Like I think he ran a long run today. I think it was like twelve or thirteen mile average in five twenties. You know, and you know is doing really hard sessions. So, but he, as you say, he responds well to that, and maybe he recovered yeah, yeah. in different ways than the rest of us. Yeah. Um. The I think uh, it was Newcastle took the men's team event and they backed up obviously their their relay success. Not great teams from from Annadale Striders, uh, uh, nor from North Belfast. Um, is it too early in the season for some of the bigger clubs to get their their big guns out? Um, yeah, it was a bit of a. It's like a, I said to you the other day, Michael. It's a bit of a hectic diary over the last sort of sixty-eight weeks between Belfast half, the road relays, the cross countries kicking off, Armagh ten, Bangor. Um, you know, races are you know anywhere between twenty and thirty quid now, and people can't race every Saturday. You know, they have to train as well, so they're picking and choosing what races. Obviously, this was NI champs, so Newcastle wanted to win it, and they threw out six strong guys and they won it and I think they've maybe signaled where they're going to try and challenge for honours over the muck this uh this yeah, I, I think they're I think they're a big big threat for the for the senior Danny before we move on from the men at Bangor we've got to give some love to our boy Cameron Stewart yeah absolute absolute breakout run and something uh something I think we both knew that he was capable of uh I'm not sure if it might have been his first time going under 31 minutes for the 10K and not an easy course. So, yeah, he's put a lot of blokes on notice, I think. And, uh, yeah, I think there's definitely more to come in that space. Yeah, absolutely. So, and again, you know, a bit of consistency, a bit of hard work. So moving on to the ladies' event, um, Anadale Strider's Robin McKee uh, was top of the podium with, I think, just over 36 minutes. Dervla Cox in second. Dervla, I think, is in next weekend. Uh, I think is a... She Rotterdam Marathon? Uh, Amsterdam, I think. Amsterdam, yeah. And Sarah McNutt um, from Lagan Valley was in third. And Astrider's uh, ladies team, um, again, took gold. Um, Connor, if we can move on then to Masters, uh, you're going to talk about the European Masters in Pescara in Italy and maybe also touch on yesterday's Masters trial. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Pescara was, um, I'm sort of going on snippets. Um, I did sort of look at the downloaded file of all the results there, like about half an hour ago, but it was absolutely impossible to work out, Um, like, you know, pick out Northern Irish names. I would tend to know the middle distance people, you know, um, Davy Clark obviously came away with a gold, silver and a bronze. Um, I think he raced six times in a week. He did the 5,000, the 1,500 and the 800 um gold in the 1500 uh which is adding on to his his world title from um Tampere in Finland last year and his European medals from Braga and Turin so there's not too many medals at a world and European level that Davy Clark hasn't picked up which is great your own John Craig obviously picked up a silver in a in a slow and tactical 5000 which I think he was a wee bit annoyed about um I saw him last week down the track and I, I think he he maybe um with hindsight, probably would have run it different. Um, Stephen Wiley, I know, was out, and I think probably more for the experience getting back from a bit of injury. And um, I think Catherine O'Connor from East Down maybe had picked up um, a gold or two as well. Yes, yeah, she, she so, won the 35 cross country. Um, and I know Norman Bissett coaches her and is very excited about her potential. She's come quite late to the sport. Um, she posted, I think, a sub 1630. 
5k recently uh, on the roads um which is you know great running but particularly for a, a, a masters 35 yeah yeah and i think um obviously callum um callum from your club went out to run in the 800s and it was maybe a a, a competition too far for him yeah he uh he he got a he got a back strain just before the uh couple of days out and it didn't affect his race. Uh, he gave it a real go, but you know, great experience. And actually, the men's eight hundred at thirty fives was, I think, probably the standout event. I mean, the I think the guy who won it had posted a one fifty one this year. Yeah, um, I mean, this is see, this is the thing, Michael. You see, I see a lot of the boys at the thirty five up to forty five. You see, if you go and stalk them on World Athletics, it's scary the kind of PBs that they're throwing at. You know, yeah. some of them are like one forty eight guys or you know three forty guys in their prime and um you know they've still got that look about them you know they're yeah. sort of um gaunt muscular out the out the sort of carry the pieces on the track but uh the master scene is 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 pretty lively at a european and world level you know so so leaving sunny pescara and actually uh yesterday by all accounts it was quite sunny up at the dub uh any news from the master's trial only that runner beings legend um lothario mark malone um <laughs> a, a, absolutely as is his way, did none of the work. Uh, let Ricky Johnson and Lachlan Connolly, you know, take the lead. Probably sheltered from the wind for most of it, probably as well. Saw he had his dragonflies on. So typical Malone, you know, sitting in the back, sitting in the pocket of the boys, uh, the domestics, and uh, he took the win. Um, so there's a couple of 35s, took one, two, and three. Um, and then Steve Kearns, who's a name you'll be aware of, um, took fourth. Um, I think it was a fairly fairly light turnout though. Yeah, it was it wasn't 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 one of the stronger fields. I think Steve Kearns is maybe fifty five category now. He's he an is, absolute yeah. beast. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And I think Catherine O'Connor took the ladies' event. Uh, looking down here, uh, I have to go. Yes, I think she did actually. Uh huh. Catherine did. Um, and obviously it served the selection for the British and Irish International in Glasgow, which is coming up. So. I know there's a few boys will be also doing the Irish trial um, down in Dublin next weekend as well. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if the, all those selected actually take their place because with, with the master scene, it's a kind of peculiar situation. You can be members of both federations. Obviously, if you're from up north, you can't if you're from down south. Um, and you can choose to run for Northern Ireland Masters or Irish Masters. So um, it'll be interesting to see if there's any swaps going on. Um, I know Mark is talking about going down and trying, trying for the Irish trial as well. So um, it may be that one or two spots come free or it may, it may be that he wants to run for Northern Ireland, which I know has been a boy who dream of his to run for Northern Ireland, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think just we'll give a shout out also to Owen Carlton from, from Striders. Owen, uh, I think, has been selected for the team, and he's a very strong um, Masters thirty-five runner. But he was getting married yesterday, so well done to well done to Owen on that. He he um, raced on his wedding. No, day. no, he didn't. He didn't race, so but he got selected. Oh right, okay. He had a reasonable excuse for not being there. So okay. look, guys, if we move on to our ma, um, as Danny said, I went down today and. Um, I caught up with uh, Fergal Delaney, who's the club chairman, and just had a little bit of chat about the amazing things going on in Armagh and I also caught up with the winners of the races um, so Iskander, uh, Turkey uh, had a funny week bit of illness but he's such a strong guy 
he had posted a 5105 today. Um, Cameron Stewart backed up last week with a 5141. Um, great run. And a guy called Gareth King, who's a name to look out for uh, from Portadown Runners, guy I don't know of at all, 5237. And the thing to remember about Armagh, it's a brutal course. You know, it's, mm. you know, you know, lots of hills, um, you know, certainly not easy running. Um, so, you know, good performance by the guys. Um, uh, Robin McKee uh, took the ladies race in just over 60 minutes, a uh, pretty solid run. And I think Louise Smith from North Belfast uh, finished up second. But as I say, I brought the mobile mic and uh, I think Danny will play the, uh, the bits that I, uh, you know, the chat that I had with people down there. Okay, so I'm here with Fergal Delaney, who is the chairman of Arma Athletics Club and also was competing today. So fantastic race again from the club. Yeah, well, it's um, one uh, long time and we're, we're delighted to have everybody down. There's clubs from all over, all over the north uh, today and a few up in Dublin, I think, too. So it's been going a long time and we're delighted to have it. Uh, I think there's a guy from Clonliffe maybe finished a bit fourth just off well, the podium. I didn't see him because I was a wee bit behind. I never see those boys at the front, but uh, yeah, I believe so, yeah. Yeah, and Iskander took the win today, so I yeah. think he was delighted because he's coming off the back of a wee bit of illness, but I think he ran faster this year than last, like about 51 minutes. Yeah, yeah, we were sort of talking earlier, we were thinking maybe even go that, but maybe thinking even he go a bit faster than that, even with the conditions, but he maybe just, he just judged it well. You know? I think the athletes were saying to me they found it fairly humid today. Yeah, they were saying that. I didn't find it too bad actually. I thought yeah, we were actually we were racing yesterday up in Belfast and I thought it maybe we bit we bit worse yesterday, but today I thought it was actually not too bad. It was still a bit humid, but not that warm. I thought I thought actually perfect conditions for running. As you know I was down uh, at uh, the Palace to Main a couple of weeks ago for the uh, Arma Michael Meal Cross Country. Uh, you have that event, you have this, and then obviously the road races. So Armagh are making a huge contribution to quality competition in the north at the minute. What do you put that down to? Well, to be honest, I put it down to a lot of hard work. You know, there's um, some people in the club here, there a lot of people in the club actually here doing a lot of work all year round. As I say, you know, with the, the road race 5K in February, we have this race here in October, and the Matt made just a couple of weeks before that. And to be honest, it can't happen without everybody in the club coming together and really getting, getting things over the line. So we want to keep it going. We believe there's three of the best races in the north, and we want to keep them going as long as we can. And again, we need we need people to come and support them, which they do, which is a big. And problem. there seems to be a real buzz in in the running scene around Armagh at the moment as well. You've yeah. got you know youngsters, masters runners. Uh, I think one of your seniors, uh, the Brendan Heaney. Yeah. Was you know fairly well up today, so things seem to be going well. Yeah. Well, again, we talk about the juniors. You know, again, that goes down to a lot of hard work from the, the coaches we have in the club brilliant junior coaches and without them you know we're looking to the future we have some great masters runners we have some brilliant junior runners we don't actually have a lot of runners in between so it's trying to sort of make that help yeah. the juniors make that transition to senior exactly what we want now is we want the juniors to come through become senior runners follow through you know university is the hard time we want to keep them running during that time in university and whenever it's going out and all that there are distractions we want to keep them going and then so we don't just have masters and just have juniors we want to fill that gap in the middle but yeah our man at the minute it's flying you know, a lot of people here running today aren't in the club but are from the local area you know i want to see a lot of them joining the club too because i think they, they could add to us well look well done on a fantastic event and uh, thanks to everybody associated with it yeah, well, thank you for coming down and thank you. You brought down a lot of the Andale boys. It's always good to see them, you know. Again, good to see people from all over coming down and supporting us. And we'll do it as long as we can. As long as people keep coming, we'll, not, we'll keep putting it on. So I'm here at the Arma 10 mile road race, uh, just standing at Navin Ford uh, with the winner of the ladies race, Robin McKay. So, Robin, how was that? <laughs> yeah, tough actually. 
very tough and hilly course, but very enjoyable and a great day out for Annadale. And quite humid today. Very humid. I'm standing here dripping in sweat. So tell us a wee bit about the story of your race. Yeah, so the, the first sort of couple of miles is quite downhill and I kind of went off quite fast. I was just trying to stick with Leo, <laughs> stick a wee bit with Leo, um, one of my teammates. Um, the hills then took its toll in the middle, but again, the last three miles I felt quite strong again. Okay, finishing time, sort of under 61? Uh, under 61, I think about 60-50, yeah. Okay, and going forward, this is a good basis then for the cross-country season? Yep, definitely, that's the aim at the minute, is just to build a strong base and then, yeah. And what's, what's up next race-wise? Uh, I am aiming to do the Bobby Ray, if I can stay healthy, <laughs> no colds from or sickness from school. Um, but yeah, that's the aim. So look, well done on today. Thank you very much. So I've now got the winner of the, the male race, Iskander Turkey from Annadale Striders. So, Iskander, how was that today? Oh, it's great today. So it's coming out uh, for this arm, I think, mile is for our favorite. Okay. Last year's win, this year's win, that's what amazing. And you were faster this year by... Yeah, but... the faster than a few seconds. Hey, yeah, it's amazing. Today, I have my teammate push me. Okay, so Cameron so. Stewart pushed you really hard. So Yeah, it's and... Cameron and so... If you go with this pace, we can uh, broken some 15 minutes. Yeah, so big, big PB, yeah, big PB for, for, for Cameron. Yeah. Yeah. And um, what's next for you? What's your next race? Oh, my next race is a uh, bob race on a cross country. Uh, hopefully, it's uh, going well. Okay. Well, look. Thank you very much. Thank you, man. Well done. Thank you for supporting everything. Thank you. Hello. So I'm here with Cameron Stewart from Annadale Striders, who finished in the runners-up position uh, today in Armagh. So Cameron, how was that? It was good, yeah. Um, I didn't really have any tactics, I suppose, apart from just trying to stick with the scanner for as long as possible. Um, massive hills in that race, so yeah. It was uh, from seven miles in, it was a bit of a hold on and try and keep the... And this is your debut at the distance? Yeah, yeah, it, it is. Um, and it's a bit of a shocking one compared to the 10k last week. So. <laughs> but uh, sub-52 on that course is, is pretty tasty running. Yeah, well, um, yeah, I just we went through three mile and uh, Iskander said 14.45, so <laughs> it, was a, it was hold on from there and uh, we, we finished in. So you must be really pleased with your form. What do you think is the, the secret of your recent success? Um, just uh, no tactics apart from start racing and don't don't think about time and just back yourself. Yeah. And obviously the training's going well. Yeah, I think so. I, I think it, um, trying to stay consistent um, and just uh, yeah, focus on the sessions, get good recovery, good sleep, and that's it. So good season coming up. I hope so. Cheers, man. Thanks. Just before we leave the whole results thing, um, another huge, I suppose. Um, jaw-dropping marathon result today in Chicago. So Kelvin Kiptoom, a 2R and 35 uh, posting for a new world record. And Safan Hassan with 2.13.44 for the second fastest women's performance ever following, um, uh, you know, last week's uh, world world best. So what do we think? I'll let, Danny, let Danny comment first and then I'll come in okay. with some libelous this stuff. Well, I... Uh... Yeah, I did sort of look up the splits. I think it was only a matter of time for Kelvin Kipton after his run in London at the start of the year, uh, where he came only about 20 seconds from, he was only about 20 seconds away from breaking the world record then. So his first half marathon uh, split for Chicago was 60 minutes and 48 seconds. And the second half marathon split was 59, 47. So you'd take that, you'd take that second half any day of the week. Uh, interest, interestingly enough as well, his 5K split from 30 kilometers to 35 kilometers 
was 13 minutes and 51 seconds. And he closed the final 10 K in 27, 52. Uh, and yeah, as you said, Safan Hassan, you know, that's, that's only her second marathon. Uh, she's run a minute or two behind the women's world record that was uh, posted last week. Um, but I also just shows her phenomenal range. I mean, only six weeks ago, she was in Budapest competing in the 5,000 meter on the track and the 1500, I believe as well. So yeah, look like a fantastic race over there and some amazing times. It's absolutely bonkers. Um, and on so many levels, it's completely, it's just hard to get your head around. So this guy has only run three marathons, as you say, Danny. He's now got three of the six fastest marathons of all time. Kipchoge's got two others and Bikili's got one of the others, right? So this guy has firmly launched himself into the all-time best top six marathons in the world. And he only started a year ago, right? He ran 20 at 27 for 10,000 metres in 2021. And he ran a 27.40 10K in his marathon. He ran a he ran a 20 at 17 10K on the road in 2019 in Utrecht. And his half marathon performances in Valencia over the last two years have been 58.42 and 59.02. And as you say, he ran a second half split there of like 15 what was it 5940 5947 yeah right so like he's like on, on what level i mean so he's the first human to break 201 in a marathon that's not us not you know obviously the the kipchoge sub two attempt and they're saying this guy's going to be the first guy to break two hours in a conventional marathon and he's going to become he's going to rewrite everything because he's only 33 or 34 years old but yet who'd really heard of him about a year yeah. ago, you know what I mean? It's like what, and it's the same for the women's. I mean, that women's marathon two weeks ago. It's like who, who is this girl? She, this the girl who ran that time two, two year, uh, two weeks ago. Michael was a fifty-four second four hundred meter runner, a sub two eight hundred meter runner, and she runs two eleven. Like it's absolutely bonkers, and to be and as a fan of the sport, I kind of have. I'm kind of like completely numbed by all these times because it used to be that your PBs meant something. Like if you were a, if you were a two twenty woman or a a two ten guy, you know you kind of knew, even if you were you know doing it ten years ago, twenty years ago, thirty years ago, like Steve Jones or Charlie Spedding or someone that you know you were quality. Now there's now there's guys running sort of two ten and you wouldn't even know their names. Um, and it must be just so demoralizing for the, you know, the Irish marathoners who are still trying to break through the 230 for female and 210 for male because the game has just moved on completely now. Yeah, I mean, I wonder myself, I, I'm bemused like you. Are we talking about a major, you know, breakthrough in shoe technology, training techniques, nutrition that are resulting? Or, I mean, at the risk of being terribly cynical, um are we looking at super juiced athletes and you know in a sense it suits the narrative from the big shoe companies to point out these amazing shoes um and that's the bit it's the you know i've had a certain amount of skepticism and it's kind of spoiling it for me because i would love as a fan of the sport just to go what an incredible performance these people are incredible um you know but there's a little bit of me going i don't know if i believe this yeah um, and I, I don't know how you resolve that. It's the it's the challenge for everybody who watches the sport at the minute. 
it's going to be a situation. I mean, if you look at the track as well, Danny, you know, if you, if you look at everything from 1500 meters up to 10,000 meters, there's going to be a point where every single world record on the track, male and female, and on the roads is going to come from the year 2023, 2024, 2025. There won't be, apart from Kratach Willova's 800 female and Seb Coe's 141, which a lot of people just seem can't seem to get near because, well, certainly for Kratach Willova, there's obvious reasons why they can't get near 153. But, like, it's going to be a point where all world records come from this period of time. And that's just an unnatural, I think. And mm. I think the shoes definitely are playing a part, but I think they're also masking other things that are happening in the sport and you only have to be on Twitter any day of the week to see the number of people who are serving bans, serving suspensions, coming back from suspensions, um, throwing in, throwing down performances um, that are just physically mind-boggling. When you look at these athletes' past performances, they don't, they don't stack up. Like, how can you run a 59-40 split but you know, be winning half marathons in fifty nine forty in the last year. You know, how how can that? How I don't understand how that can be done. It's interesting uh, topic, I think. But um, yeah, we could probably talk about it for a long exactly, time. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Now seems like a fitting time to move on from the results and check in with Hannah Owen, who I had the great pleasure of interviewing in the past week. Hannah is a Great Britain and Northern Irish athlete that represented Northern Ireland at the Commonwealth Games in Birmingham last year. She gets chatting to us about her training, distance running in general, her Commonwealth Games experience, injury troubles, as well as much, much more. So hope you enjoy. Yeah, super stoked to have you on today. And look, I really thank you for joining me. Um, I'm really excited to, I guess, have such a high caliber athlete on the pod. And uh, yeah, I know there'll be many people that will share my excitement. Um, so I guess the first question I wanted to ask was, you know, how did you get started in running? Yeah, so I started running when I was about six years old. So I've been doing it for quite a long time. Um, it was actually, it was at school um, and we had like a school running club and you weren't allowed to join it. I think it was until you were in year three or four. But I was so, so eager that when I was in year two, I just kept badgering them saying, can I join the running club? Can I join the running club? And eventually they just caved in and said, yeah, sure, you can come join it. And I started doing it and I think, I found a lot of enjoyment for it, but I also was quite naturally good at it at a young age, which I think helped. Um, but it was mostly because I actually had a primary school teacher and she ran the running club. And I just remember seeing how like positive and passionate about the sport she was. And I guess I sort of wanted to see what that was all about and see if running would have the same effect on me, which it did. <laughs> Okay. And so it was mainly this uh, teacher that you had, or did you have any parents or was running big in their lives at all? No, not at all, which I think is quite like odd that no one in my family runs. None of my parents are runners. Um, my dad was a sailor. He was actually the Irish champion when he was younger. Okay. Um, you so he was really into sailing, but none of them have ever been into running at all, which I think that shows how much I did enjoy it because my parents never forced me in that direction. It was purely down to my enjoyment and also, yeah, the inspiration of this teacher. Yeah, I think that's a good way to go. I guess touching on that as well, where, whereabouts did you grow up? Was it in Northern Ireland or was it in Great Britain over there? No, so I grew up um, just outside Cambridge um, and I went to school in a little town called Saffron Walden, which is, yeah, very close to Cambridge. So I've sort of been around this area uh, most of my life. 
Okay. And your link to, to Northern Ireland is that are your parents Northern Irish? Yeah, my dad's Northern Irish. Um, He's from Cookstown. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, I don't know my uh, Northern Irish geography that well, but uh, okay. yeah, I've heard of Cookstown. So, okay, that's, that's good to know. Um, You're currently studying at university over there. Is that correct? No, I actually graduated from university about two years ago now. Um, I did an undergrad and then I also did a master's. And since I finished my master's, I've just really been focusing on my running um I do a bit of like part-time work on the side um but running sort of my main focus at the moment okay and what did you study what did you do your master's in um I did my master's in creative writing yeah so that's sort of been something that I was passionate about again I think that's not quite the typical thing a lot of runners have done like sports science or nutrition that sort of thing but Mm. I just really enjoyed writing and it's something that I've always had a passion for so I just my parents have always sort of taught me if you enjoy something and you're passionate about it, just follow that. So I guess that's why I did creative writing. Excellent. Yeah. In uh, preparation for this, I did actually have a bit of a read on your blog and yeah, you write really well and you're able to distill some really complex emotions with running and all the rest of life into there. So yeah, that's brilliant. that You've got a passion for, for both of those. Um, So you're based in, Cambridge right now is that correct yeah and which yeah. which club do you run for um I run for Cambridge and Coleridge which is yeah the local club um I am actually going to be moving to Cardiff shortly because that's where my coach is based so I'm going to be spending a bit more time there but I've always yeah been around this area okay and you've been at that club for a long time or switched over the years um no I think I I'm not sure how long but it's only been the past sort of few years that I've been with Cambridge um I was never really like a big part of a club when I was younger and then when I went to university I was at university in Surrey so I joined Guildford and Godalming um and I guess that was my first taste of the running like club scene um and that did do a lot to sort of boost me along and give me like I guess give me access to that other side of running that I'd not necessarily seen I'd say the social side but also the side where you can see your progress a lot more um and then yeah when I left university in came back home it sort of made sense to leave Guildford and go to Cambridge okay I'm sure they were they were really happy to have you back or have you there at Cambridge so um and you mentioned your coach there as well is that James T is that how you say his last name yeah how long have yeah, you, yeah. how long has he been coaching you um he's been coaching me for I'd say it's about three years now um he just because when I left university um well actually it was just before I left university my coach she sort of sat me down and said that she felt she couldn't really take me any further and I would need to try and find a different coach. And somebody put me in touch with James and I just started chatting to him really. I wasn't really, I didn't think he would want to coach me because I knew he coached some quite like high level athletes. And at the time I hadn't done anything, you know, significant. So I didn't think he'd want to coach me. And then when I was just talking to him, he sort of said, oh yeah, I'd love to coach you. Um, and I thought, okay, great. And yeah, so he's been sort of guiding me along the way since then. Excellent. Yeah, I was actually sort of, I guess I was having a look at your PBs as well as your progression over the years. Um, a few of those PBs as well, uh, the listeners are probably interested to know. So over 5,000 meters, you've run 1540. Uh, and then 10,000 meters, 3225 at uh, 9 of the 10K PBs last yeah. year. Yeah. Is that right? Yep. Yeah. How, yeah. how was that race for you? Was that sort of a real, I guess, kind of breakthrough run from yourself? 
Yeah, no, I mean, if anybody has done that race, they know how incredible it is and how the atmosphere just pulls you along. And I guess going into it, my main goal was at the time to run the Commonwealth Standard. And I knew I was capable of it, but like with any race, you you know, it, you never know how it's going to go and it can go so many different ways. And in all honesty, like I don't really remember much from the race just because it flew by so quickly and I was so absorbed by the atmosphere and so focused at the whole time that I don't really remember thinking, oh my gosh, I've still got 20 laps to go, that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think that it was just one of those races where everything came together at the right time when it needed to. And yeah, it allowed me to then, I guess, take a bit of a next step and have a bit more belief in what I could do because prior to then I knew I could run that time, but I didn't really believe it. And I think sort of since that year, I have gained quite a lot more belief in what I could do. Mm, that's uh, that's impressive in itself as well. The fact that you, you can't really remember it too much because mm. I feel like anyone else who's described a 10,000 meter race on the track, it's just yeah. boring hell for so many 25 laps. laps. Yeah. <laughs> so oh, that's excellent. And then I guess, yeah, more, more recently as well, um, your half marathon uh, run that you did here over in Northern Ireland in the, yeah. the Antrim Coast half, uh, which is an NI record, the 10K on the track as well. That's a Northern Irish record. Um, yeah. How did that race play out for you in Antrim there at the Antrim Coast? Yeah, so I'd only done one half before that, which was about two years ago. And I was so, so nervous for it, but I did really enjoy it. And I think going into Antrim this year, I was... Again, quite nervous. I mean, it seems to be something with the halves is I can sleep the night before every race, but I can't before any of the halves I've ever done. Okay. Um, so I was really nervous, but I think I know those sort of distances are where my strength lies and where I will go to towards in the future. And I hadn't really trained for it. Like I'd had a week of half marathon training prior to it. That was it. Um, previously to that, we'd been focusing on 5K, 3K, 1500 even. Um, so doing much shorter stuff and I guess going into it, I just didn't have any pressure any expectation um my coach said to me look if we could run around 71 minutes like that would be great and for for quite a while I was just thinking yeah yeah that's absolutely fine and then the day before when I was at like the technical meeting and they were going through the paces and what all these paces meant I was suddenly like whoa 71 minutes that's actually quite fast like the pace <laughs> yeah. that I would need to hold um for that distance and I think I just got into a group and I just sort of I believed in myself that it could and anytime I felt myself letting up I just like it was an option I just said anytime you you like attempted to ease just keep pushing forward and I think that actually really came into my favor and I had a really good group in the race so yeah, no, it went sort of as good as I could have hoped for. So the plan was to run 71 minutes and you ran 71.04. I'd say that's yeah. a, that's an A plus, pretty much yeah, perfect. So, yeah, yeah. And I think like typical of any runner, I was then like, oh, why couldn't I just run five seconds faster? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've, I've, I've done that as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a fantastic result. Um, were there any other PBs or races that I maybe should mention here? Or I think that sort of covers the main cool. ones. Yeah, they're sort of the main ones. Um, I think this year I set PBs like over all of my distances apart from the 10K. Um, so it's given me a lot of confidence going forward. And I think especially with the half, knowing that I didn't focus on it and I ran that makes me excited for what could happen in the future when I am able to focus on the longer distances. 
yeah, it seems like you've got a lot of strength as a runner. I, I, would you say that's something that characterizes your running? Yeah, definitely. And I think probably for the long distances, like my coach and even some of the people I compete against say like they know that I'm just like a mentally tough person. And I think that is where the long distances do play into my strengths because I'm just not somebody who really wants to give up. And when it starts to get tough, I'm a bit of a grinder. I just like to keep going. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, don't worry. I've seen the, uh, I've seen the pain face photos and it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it looks like you've, uh, yeah, you can, you can fight the demons pretty well. Yeah. Uh, when you said there as well that you uh, you did sort of one week that was more specific to half marathon training, what did that, what did those sessions or that week sort of look like for you? Yeah, so that week, I mean, nothing changed apart from my session, session, sorry, just became a little bit longer. So I did two by four miles at half marathon pace. Um, quite regularly, I do like an eight mile tempo, especially over the winter, but not that bit faster. So I did that. And then I had another session, which was two miles at half marathon pace and then five, eight hundreds and then another two miles. So I guess still for a lot of people, they're not big sessions. Mm. Um, but for me, compared to like what I've done, we've never really ventured into anything much bigger than eight miles of volume. So, yeah, those yeah. were just the two sessions I did before. OK, and and you mainly sort of um, you're mainly training for 5000 meters and shorter or 10000 meters. Is that sort of your main um, focus? So the main focus is really the 10K, but I think after my injury and this year, there were no sort of goals for us. Me and my coach just said, this year is about having fun, working on the weaknesses and just, it doesn't matter how anything goes. So we really tried to work on that speed just because that is really where my weaknesses are. And I think, yeah, it actually paid off and it was kind of fun to just know that this year, however anything went, like I wasn't doing what I know I'm strong at. Um, and I guess as well, that also took the pressure off. But the goal mostly for at least the next couple of years will be the 10K. Um, and then I'll look to go up the distances. I guess mentioning the injury there as well. So 2022, you competed at the Commonwealth Games in Birmingham. So in the lead up to that, you'd run 32.25 at the neither 10K PB. So you made the Commonwealth standard at that point, And then you yeah. got selected to represent Northern Ireland in the 10,000 meter race there. And you had to withdraw from the race at around about halfway due to some pain in your foot. Did you want to just talk us about the lead up to the Commonwealth Games and then what ended up happening as well? Yeah, so I'd say it was. it's always a lot easier to look at the situation, you know, from now a year on to see how it played out. But I think what mainly happened was about seven weeks before the Commonwealth Games, um, I got covid and I had to take quite a bit of time off. I didn't, it didn't really affect me in a massive way, but I think with any illness, you sort of have to respect it, especially as a runner. And I didn't respect it at the time. I just tried to come back as quickly as possible because I knew what I had ahead of me. And I perhaps like wasn't honest with my coach about how tired I was feeling and how I felt. Um, and as a result, I think in that period, I just really smashed the training out. Like I felt like I had to play catch up and I trained harder than I needed to. And when I was tired, I was still just plowing on through and I put myself into a little bit of a hole, but not a hole that would have been a problem because then we went to the holding camp and I came back a little bit early from that because I just felt I needed to have a week at home to get back into a routine before I then went to the village for the Commonwealth Games. And up to this point, I've had no problems with my foot. I didn't, you know, that wasn't a problem at all. 
Um, and then it was actually just the day before the Commonwealth Games, I went for like a shakeout jog. And as I started going, I was like, oh, my foot really actually hurts. It doesn't feel so good. And I just thought I'd probably tied my shoes a little bit too tight. But, you know, I've, I've never, that's never been a problem. I've tied my shoelaces every single day and they're never too tight. <laughs> um, so about halfway through my run, I was like really starting to get the pain. But again, I just thought it's nothing. It's just one of those like, pre-race anxieties Mm. um and then I stopped I'd done my run and I had a couple of strides to do and I thought I'll just do the strides and hope that when I'm running quicker I don't feel anything and the strides were so painful I was like limping through every step and I just got back to my room and I called the team physio and said like I need to see you now we need to just I just want to be sure like what's going on I think if you've had a bone injury before, which I have, um, you do know the difference. Like there's a big difference between a muscle tendon type injury and a bone injury. And in my heart, I knew this was something bad, but you know, I had the Commonwealth games the next day, so nothing was going to stop me <laughs> just yeah. giving it a go. Um, and I saw the physio and I think they probably knew what was wrong, but they knew that I wasn't really going to listen. So they just said, stay off your feet today. Like don't even walk to the canteen to get food, get people to bring food to you and just rest up. So I literally did that. I just sat down all day and I had to ice my foot sort of every 10 minutes. But every time I would get up to ice it, I was just like praying that it would be fine to walk. But even to just walk 10 meters to the freezer really hurt. Um, And then I just went to bed, tried to forget about it. And I woke up in the morning and I always do a like, really short jog in the morning before a race and the physio said do it on the treadmill and I'll just like keep an eye on you to see how you're going and it was extremely painful but the physio was like you're running fine like you're not limping I think you're okay to race and I mean in his fairness he could have said anything and I still wouldn't have listened yeah (laughs) um and then I'd say it was probably then when I got to the stadium and I was doing my warm-up that I really thought like Hannah, this is bad. I don't know how you're actually going to get through this. And the warm up was really painful. And I was saying to my coach, like, something's really not right. This really hurts. And they just like, he kept just trying to put positive messages in my head, be like, when the adrenaline gets pumping and you're out there, everything will be fine. Like, you won't even notice it. And that's what I was saying to myself, like, it will be fine when you get out there. And I like we'd warmed up and went through to the cool room and then we went out onto the stadium and even as I was walking it was really hurting but mentally I felt in such a good place for that race like I felt so ready for it like I actually felt like I you know was able to give a good performance and Mm. it was just the fact that physically I wasn't in a very good position and I did just say to myself like just go out and see what happens and I'd say the first two kilometers it wasn't that bad like I could feel it but it wasn't like affecting my running and I thought you know if it stays like this I will be able to get through the race but I guess the difference between a 10k and maybe something shorter is like the adrenaline does wear off you don't feel amazing for the whole race and you're not in another world for the whole race like you have to you know come back to reality a bit and yeah, as I just went on through the laps, like it was just getting worse and worse. And to the point then I was limping and dragging my leg like behind. And I just thought as much as I want to finish this race, like it's stupid and don't affect your whole career by doing something stupid. Yeah, it's absolutely devastating to have something like that happen, you know, so close to the race. Was there 
any point in that sort of day or, you know, the day of where you thought, look, I just have to not start this race and just cancel um, basically competing or you just thought I'll just get out there and have a go? Yeah, because to be honest, for me in the Commonwealth Games last year, the main goal was to get the experience. I knew that, you know, I wouldn't be competing for a medal. I wouldn't have been like up where I sort of wanted to be. And um, that, yeah, the goal was just to get the experience. And I just kept saying to myself, like, even if I can get out on that start line and experience what it's like to be in a full stadium surrounded by like all these people to have your face like in front of the camera and to be, because it was quite a small field for the 10K as well, to be like in such a, spotlight with not that many people on I just wanted to get the experience and Mm. I thought you know whatever does happen even if I ended up running one lap I've had the main experience that I needed to come here and get because the race is essentially the easy part it doesn't you know I've raced before but it was getting used to the crowd and the environment and you know I managed to get that by actually getting on the start line Mm. it's like a like a tester before you go to your next Commonwealth Games and really you know get on that podium yeah. or yeah. like that. And I can know that I know what's ahead of me because I have been there before rather than not getting out there in the stadium. Yeah. And so what was the result in the end with the, with the bone stress? Yeah. So, I mean, there's obviously never a good time to have a like stress fracture, but it was the best place to be for that because, you know, afterwards we came back and less than 24 hours I had had an MRI scan and then within that 24 hours I had the results as well and that showed a stress fracture in my oh I can't remember now if it was like my third metatarsal so that's the one in the middle which is a bit less common because obviously it's not taking all the weight like it's more common to be your fifth or your big one because that's where all the weight goes yeah um so it wasn't so that was a little bit more complicated and I guess when I got the results, like I knew it and I was in, in a boot and on crutches. Um, but yeah, it was the best place to be to get the diagnosis so quickly. Yeah. And the the recovery from that, how long did that sort of take? Or are you still recovering? Would you say you're back to where you were prior to that that injury? Yeah. I mean, I'd say now I'm beyond sort of where I was before. I'm the fittest I've ever been, so I can't complain. Um, but the recovery period was very tough and it was a lot longer than I sort of expected it to be because a lot of people were like six to eight weeks is all it takes for a bone injury. And I've had a bone injury before and it wasn't six to eight weeks then. So I sort of knew what would be coming for me, but I had a follow-up MRI at about nine weeks and they said to me like, it's not healed yet. You need to give it more time. And I mean, some people might have not had a follow-up scan and just got into it, but I've been through this process and I didn't want to go through it again. And I think if anything with a significant injury, like just give it more time. I didn't have anything. I wasn't rushing for anything. And, you know, if it meant that I had to take more months out, that was fine. So I got the injury at the start of August and I wasn't able to do like my first continuous run um, was actually Christmas Eve. So I had a lot of time um, off from running. Nice, a nice little Christmas present, I guess, to be back yeah. doing something you love right then and there. So yeah, as you said, so now you're back from injury and your full fitness. Um, what is sort of coming up in the next six months or say what are what are the longer term goals? Yeah, so more like imminently, I'm gonna do the Great South Run next weekend. 
and then I'll go into cross country. I mean, the goal is to try and make the Eurocross team um, for Great Britain. Um, again, we'll just, I'll give my all, see what happens. Um, and if I make it, I make it. And if I don't, I'll probably give Telford 10K a bit of a, get my frustration out there. Um, yep. And then looking into next year, I'm going to look to do more like races abroad, just because I feel me and my coach, like I got to a place this year where I was maybe not in, I had the fitness, but I wasn't in the right races to sort of push me along to the times that I knew I could do. So especially for the 5k next year, we'll look to go abroad and try and get in some like faster races. Um, In terms of the like long, long term, um, the goal is to try and make an Olympic team. That for me, I would say that's most likely going to be in the marathon in the future. Um, So yeah, I'll just keep hopefully progressing each year. And as long as I do everything I feel I can do um, and I don't, like not hold myself back or not give myself the opportunities, then I'm just going to keep going until I see where I can get really. Brilliant. Yeah. I guess looking at your power of 10 profile there, as you mentioned, uh, it's probably the fact that you did have the fitness, but maybe you weren't in the right races. You, you're sort of running over 5k there around about 1540 to 1550, yeah. maybe three or four yeah. times. Yeah. So yeah. yeah targeting those faster this- races. Yeah. Yeah, because this year, especially like we both felt that I had in me something maybe like 15, 20, 15, 25. And especially going into my last 5K, like I felt that was definitely there. But I ended up running the whole thing on my own. And it just doesn't really set you up to go to that sort of upper limit. Um, So I am like I did come out of the season a bit frustrated, but really excited again to think, what can I do if I am put in those faster races? Nice one. And it's uh, it's nice to hear. And I think a lot of the Northern Irish listeners, we're really happy to hear that you're targeting that Eurocross team. Obviously, we, we love our cross country over here. Um, with regards to, I guess, race type or race distance, do you have a favorite? You know, you love your cross country or do you love your road racing or track racing? Um, this is probably a really rubbish answer, but I do like it all. Um, I think they all sort of come at the right time. So I love the track. I probably would say the track is my main love. Um, But then as you get to the end of the track season, I'm ready to stop chasing times. And it's nice to go into cross country and just be, you know, fighting to finish as high up as possible. And I think as well, because of my mentality, being a bit of a grinder, I love the cross country. Like I love hills. I love mud. I love the foul weather. Like that's all sort of plays into my advantage a bit, especially the hills. And then as well with the road, with the roads, it's nice to have a, another focus again. So I think it's helpful to have all of the variety and they like lend themselves well into one another. Yeah. And I'm a bit biased with this, uh, with this next question, but um, have you ever considered any, I guess, mountain running or trail races, anything like that? No, I haven't. I'd say only at the moment, not because I'm very clumsy yeah. And I'm always like tripping over things or going over on my ankles. So I do everything to avoid like really rocky places or things like that. So maybe in the future when I like just not trying to stay injury free, then I probably yeah. w- would look to it, but definitely not at the moment. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, Molly Seidel over in the U S yeah. there, I think in her lead up to Chicago, the very start of the block, she was doing a few like trail races and things. So you know, people are starting to move that direction. So yeah. it's good to see. Uh, all right. So undecided on your favorite race distance or type, do you have a favorite piece of kit or 
anything that you use? Um, Maybe it's your treadmill there or something like that? Um, I'd probably say it would be my trainers, um, like just my everyday running shoes. I wear the Mizuno Wave Riders. Um, I think they're the 27s at the moment. And it's actually a shoe that I've run in my whole life. Like since I was six, I've always worn that shoe. And to me, it's just the perfect like all rounder. I wear it for my easy runs. I wear them for my steady runs. Um, and yeah, it's just does all I need. I think it's perfect. Brilliant. And and when did you actually um, get involved with Mizuno? Obviously they're a sponsor of yours. How, when did that yeah. come about? So I've been with them now for maybe like five, five years or so um, being like supported with them, but with supported by them with kit. Um, Cause I did a video for them. And after that, they then went in to provide me with kit, but then it's only been the past year and a half that they've been supporting me on a like more um a higher level i'd say excellent oh brilliant and they've got some fantastic innovation with the shoes i know that that um that marathon shoe uh the name escapes me but uh, i think that first one they put out was all zebra printed on there yeah the rebellion yeah yeah, yeah. have you worn so that yourself is, or i have yes i raced in it um and i wore they've got a can't say too much but there's a new one next level coming out and um I wore that for Antrim Hearth and I think it's a great shoe I personally love it um so yeah I would definitely recommend it to anybody who's contemplating trying it (laughs) excellent yeah it's good to see new things happening in that space and it's not just the one brand delivering the one yeah you know the one style so look that's all really good to know um let me see. I had a question there about, you know, stepping up to the marathon. Is that something that you're really interested in in the future? I think personally, I think you'd be a fantastic marathoner. Oh, thank you. No, yeah, that's definitely in the goal. Um, as I say, I think that probably will be where my strength lies. Um, I don't feel quite ready for it yet. Like I think I just need to get a couple more years behind me, get a bit stronger um, so I can like withstand the training that is required. Um, but it's definitely there in the future. And to be honest, when I see the marathon sessions that people do whilst some people are like oh my gosh that's so scary to me I think those sessions seem the most exciting yeah so, and are you sort of you're more worried about I guess the the volume in the training that you have to do or you, you think that maybe whilst you're a bit younger and you have a bit more speed right now it's maybe better to focus on that side of things um probably a bit of both so I know that in order to be a good marathon runner I need to be able to get my 5k and my 10k times down as well because that also plays into the marathon you know you still have need to have some speed so I'd like to get those down as much as possible but also I like I do a lot of cross training at the moment which I think that's a good way forward still as a marathon runner to do that but I think in order to withstand the higher mileage I just need to have more time to build up towards it and take things a bit more cautiously because I just I don't want to get injured absolutely are you doing a bit of cross training each week is it like scheduled in what what sort of cross training are you doing yeah so I do quite a lot of cross training um and I always have done for quite a few years now um I do a mixture of the bike and the cross trainer or some people call it the elliptical um I don't tend to go in the pool I did when I was injured but for me I'm just not a fan of cold water (laughs) Yeah, that's fair enough. And I guess pretty pretty boring in the pool as well. You can't really yeah. listen to anything or you can, but right. it's a bit risky. And oh, excellent. Um, I was also curious of a couple of other things. These are just sort of uh, maybe some random questions here, but I see a lot of food popping up on your Instagram. You love to cook. Are there any dishes that you like to cook in particular? Um, I love to cook. Yeah, I do 
the cooking in our house all the time and I find it quite therapeutic like it's a big switch off I can maybe watch something in the background and cook as well and I know what's going into my food that it's all fresh and well prepared um I don't think I have anything in particular that I like to make but I do just like making everything from scratch and I'm not a fan of like put it in the oven for two hours and leave it I find that really boring um I'd rather you know do loads of stuff and it'd be ready in like 45 minutes. So anything that I can do lots of little bits for. Brilliant. And uh, you've got your trusty sidekick or sidekicks. You're, do you have one or two dogs? Two, yeah. Two dogs. Yeah. What type of dogs are they? And what are their names? Um, they're Irish red and white setters. So they're very crazy and they're called um, Finn and Riley. Okay. And they're uh, decent runners? Oh, no, I wish I could run with them, but they're actually too crazy that okay. they would yeah. just be jumping up with me. They we can't let them off the lead because they would just run away. So okay. um, it's a bit too like they're a bit too yeah. sporadic for me to run with. Yeah. A wild squirrel would probably send you yeah. yanked off the path with them. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm curious as well. Do you have an athlete that uh, you look up to or you're inspired to to be like? Is there someone in particular? That's quite a good one. I'd say there's quite a few and a lot of the time it tends to people who to be athletes who are still running. Like I like to look up to a role model that I can see in action now, whereas rather than like somebody in the past. So I definitely look up to like Ailish McCorgan and I really admire the US marathon runner, Emily Sisson. Yeah. Um. So I'd probably say, yeah, they're the two main people that I would look, look up to and sort of be inspired by. Absolutely. They're both uh, very inspiring athletes. Uh, I guess final question here as well. You have your own podcast. Uh, yeah. Is honesty the best policy? How did that sort of begin? Yeah. So my friend Katie and I, we, I met her when I was at university in Guildford and we just sort of, whenever we've got something we're worried about, we would just get on the phone to each other and we'd probably rant for like an hour and we'd come away from it just feeling so much better about whatever we were worrying about and we wouldn't feel like we were alone in sort of the things that we were going through. So we just had the thought, like, what if we could set up a podcast and help people who maybe worry about similar things or sometimes feel like they're alone in what they're going through. So yeah, we decided to just give it a go. And to be honest, we've really, really enjoyed it. We're on a bit of a break at the moment um, just because Katie's a full-time primary school teacher. So everything's like kicking off with going back to school now. Um, But yeah, it's just nice to, open up about some things that people don't always feel comfortable to talk about. Excellent. Yeah. I had to listen to a couple of the episodes and really enjoyed them. It's, I usually listen to running podcasts, so it was nice to, yeah, move outside of that space and listen to something yeah. a bit different. So yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Um, I think that's pretty much all that I've wanted to chat to you about today. I just wanted to say thank you so much for jumping on the pod. And I know there's a lot of listeners out there are going to really appreciate your insights and listening to this. So yeah, thank you so much again, and uh, best of luck with everything that comes in the future. Really looking forward to seeing how you go in the marathon in a couple of years. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me on the podcast as well. So we've just heard from Hannah Owen there. Fantastic getting uh, a chat in with her. Got a couple of things to mention from some listeners. Uh, so... Got an email from Stephen Lemon or Lemon. 
Anthony's last name is spelled Lemon. So. Is it McGilligan? Or no, I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I just have to be careful these days. Uh, he <laughs> just wanted to let uh, us know, and therefore the listeners of the Back Straight, that Willowfield Temperance Harriers celebrated their 125th anniversary on the 30th of September. And this makes them the second oldest running club in Ireland. So well done to them. Uh, fantastic to have a club you know, in operation for such a long time. Uh, the Athletics Northern Ireland AGM is coming up on the 26th of October. And there's been a bit of chat on Twitter about, you know, this would be a good opportunity for clubs, uh, you know, athletes and coaches and clubs to get down to the AGM to, you know, discuss anything that they want to discuss. Uh, and yeah, really lay it all out there if there's things that they feel need to change in Northern Ireland. So just letting everyone uh, be aware of that. Uh, Fanula Ross, I believe that's how you say her first name from Armar AC. She competed at the World Athletics Road Running Championships in the half marathon over in uh, Riga in Latvia, and she was 41st in a time of 74:40. And that probably should have gone in the results section, but it's all right, it's in here now. So, uh, other than that, Sealy Cup is back for 2023 and it will take place on the 2nd of December at 2 30 p.m. So yeah, we've already mentioned the Sealy, and it's a fantastic race. I think uh, a real highlight race for everyone in Northern Ireland. So I'm looking forward to doing it. I don't know if uh, you're going to enter, Connor, or I don't know. Um, we'll see how this calf behaves over the next few weeks. It's the same weekend as the Jingle Bells 5K in Phoenix Park, and myself and uh, Runner Beams uh, legend Mark Malone. Um, we took a road trip down to that at 6 a.m. last December, and it was good crack, and we both came away with good times. So He's he's kind of um he's he's kind of wanting to know if I'm gonna go down with him again this year. So if I get a if I get a couple of weeks of uninterrupted training, I might do that instead and um and give the CD a mess. I've done the CD quite a few times and yeah, um yeah. not quite sure whether 10k is kind of where I'm at right now. So uh, yeah. we'll see. Yeah, Danny, the other thing to mention is on the twenty first of October, it's the Bobby Ray cross country. Um it's kind of vaguely described as an international, but I'm not sure how that will actually work out in reality. It might mean a couple of fast Africans running half a minute or a minute ahead of everybody else. Um, uh, but on the upside, um, a lot of the sort of sub-elite and better local runners will be out. There is a Northern Ireland team being selected, I think, on Wednesday night. So from like and uh, Nick Riggs, Callum Morgan... Um, Iskander, um, Conan McCaukey, a lot of those guys are going to be out. I don't know, maybe Finn McNally, maybe Milligan. I'm just not sure, but um, uh, it could be a, a pretty good race. Um, uh, maybe give us a bit of an indication on who the big dogs are going to be in the cross country season. I think I think you're right. I think there's a lot of chat about it. I think most of the calendar ones seem to be up for it. Um, I was talking to Callum Morgan there briefly. At, on the track on Saturday and you know a lot of the under 23s are gearing up for um hopefully selection for Brussels in December the Eurocross um so I think you know Billy Neal's going to be you know high profile cross country event where they can maybe demonstrate a bit of form and they're obviously him and Nick have come back from Fontainebleau and we're probably keen to get the spikes on and see what benefit they've got from altitude training so I think there'll be quite a bit of depth in the in the meal a couple of years ago they had almost like a um a home international and it was a fabulous race 
and they had Scottish teams, Welsh guys, uh, Southern Irish guys. I think it was two years ago, and it was a genuinely really, really great race. Um, mm-hmm. Last year, that really didn't happen, and they had very poor participation from down south. And I think they had a, a very good African who won the race, and they had um, uh, fabulous um, Helen O'Berry won the, the ladies' race. Um, but after that, it was pretty much like the Northern Ireland senior, um, which in itself is an okay race, but... Uh, it would be great if you could have something that you know attracted uh, other teams and gave the Northern Ireland team something to really shoot at, you know, because they don't get that many opportunities to run as a, as a group. Really, I think after this, it will just be the intercounties. I think the autumn international around Abbottstown in Ireland has also become like the big uh, event where the boys north and south, girls north and south, know that if they want to impress in terms of selection, either for Northern Ireland or the Republic, that's where they have to do it. Um, is that and that's next very, yeah yeah um and then you've got like novice races and stuff as well coming up so there's a, there's a few i mean it's not the busiest time of year michael that's the kind of thing that struck me i mean there's only really two two races maybe the novice and strand roller and billy new before christmas in terms of cross country then you've got the sealy and then it's kind of quiet until january yes, February, got, so. the mcconnell shield and there's there are oh, a few other things, things yeah yeah, but, yeah. Um, but in terms of the, you know, the, the stronger athletes, they're going to be running Bobby Ray and then the the Nationals, yeah. um, which I think are in, in uh, Garmin in um, Kilkenny this year. Kilkenny, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is a bit of a hike, but really but good course and cross country, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exciting things coming up and Dublin Marathon only a few weeks away. So looking forward to that. Um, but I think that pretty much, you know, that that does us for today. If, uh, if you're happy yeah. there, fellas. Just Absolutely. want to say, yeah, thanks I'm so good. much for coming on, Connor, to have a chat to us. And uh, I dare say it won't be the last time that you're on here. So, yeah, thanks for joining us on the back straight. Thank you for the invitation and good luck with everything. I know it's it's early days, but hopefully you're getting good feedback from the, the running community up north and down south. And, yeah, if you ever need any... Um, uh, you know, Legal representation? I mean, no, no. Well, yeah. yeah, yeah. Now, now, now that we've sorted out all the defamation cases with Runner Beans, we can um, move on to a new client. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Long process, no doubt. Hopefully, we'll get. I would love to get Haney on sometime in a live link from Australia. Good you luck. Deal with that one, Dan. <laughs> yeah. See, see what we can do. Sorry. Maybe I can catch up at the end of the year. But um, yeah. Thanks so much. And uh, yeah, we'll catch everyone again in a couple of weeks. No worries, Danny. Thanks, Michael. Cheers.